The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to talk from the inside of sports. It's time for G Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and co-host Micah Warren. We'll talk to and about players, front office personnel, agents, and the newsmakers in and around sports. Now, here are your hosts, G Cobb and Micah Warren. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to G Cobb in the House on VoiceAmericaSports.com. I'm Micah Warren, and we got a big show tonight. Uh, and I'm joined this week by my buddy Ray Ellis, uh, former Eagle. Uh, former Cleveland Brown, Ray, how you doing? Doing wonderful, Micah. How about yourself? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for coming on with me. This is going to be a good time. We got a big show tonight, and we'll spend. You know, first we're going to talk about uh, some of the things we're going to talk about with our guest upcoming. But today we got Hall of Famer Alan Page on the show. We're very excited to have Alan on. Uh, nine-time Pro Bowler, six-time All-Pro. When he wasn't All-Pro, he was second-team All-Pro. I mean, Ray, have you ever gone and looked at some of his lines and stats? I mean, NFL MVP in 1971, I believe the, he was only the second full-time defensive player to get NFL MVP. Uh, and then he leaves the NFL and goes on to become a Minnesota Supreme Court justice. He kind of makes me feel a little lazy when I'm looking at everything this guy's done. Yeah, you, you wonder if he's working on a, on, a, on a day that consists of 48 hours instead of 24, because uh, he's, he's been a workaholic, but he's been a great example. He, he's great, and he's perfect for... Uh, you know, what we've been talking about, you know, and, and then we did a show Wednesday night with you and Dave Durston and J.G. Cobb talking about this pending labor dispute, and Allen's a perfect one. He knows the law. You know, he played he played in the NFL. Um, and some of the things, you know, we got – this is the first time you've had uh, – was they're, they're former players now uh, with a seat at the bargaining table. Uh, yeah, and I, I think that's extremely important, too. There there have been a couple of people out there that have tried to downplay it, but I think Dave did a, a good job of, of again, dispelling uh, any rumors uh, in terms of uh, the lack of input that they would have. Uh, it is true that they will not have a vote, uh, but certainly, I mean, the old cliche that people would sometimes hope and wish to be a fly on the wall. Well, they won't be a fly, and they won't be in the wall on, on the wall. But uh, they will be there, uh, influencing, uh, giving perspectives, and and sh- and just sharing exactly with current players what the interest of former players are, and to make sure they negotiate for those things as well. Yeah, I think the word you used the right word there as far as influencing. I talked to another former player, who he because I, I said, you know, what do you think of this? They don't have a vote. And he goes, Nah, it's still. He's like, you're still there. You can get in somebody's ear. Maybe you can influence someone that does have a vote. Uh, you're now part of the discussion. You're part of the conversation. Uh, was it Joe Delamalure? Is that, am I pronouncing that right? Um, yeah, I think that's uh, the gentleman of which I think you're referencing is uh, Hall of Famer as well. Is that right? Uh, not, not the guy I spoke with. Yeah, 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 Joe, Joe Delamalure. Yeah, exactly. And he kind of came out and he said what you were just saying about the, the opposition to it. People saying, well, you don't have a vote, and he kind of, downplayed it but to me and it's a step in the right direction 
and you know you still get involved there. You can still influence someone and, and talk to them. And as a retired former, uh, as a former player, you can say, "Look, this is what it's like for me now." You don't know because you're 24 years old, and you got everything ahead of you right now. But I mean, how important do you think that is, right? Just even explain what what your life was like after football, what you've experienced, and try and let these guys know this is this is what we're all headed for. Well, I think. You know, it's certainly good to have somebody that's walked in your shoes before because nobody knows what the road ahead really, what's, what's there if you've, if you've never had a chance to actually experience life. And, and so it's, it's not a bad thing when you have somebody who's, you know, walked a mile or two in those shoes uh, to be willing to share their experiences. And, and here's the thing about it. Not all the experiences are grave experiences. It's just that it's like very few times in life do you get a chance to uh, be a Monday morning quarterback. And so we happen to be in a position whereas we can help uh, the young men to make better decisions, not just for those who are current retired players, but for themselves, what they might expect. I mean, if you have a young man, that's why when you have, when you go into a college campus, you have uh, recruiters that are current college players, and they also get the alumni involved to share their experiences with people that are about to come into this world of, of college football and, and, and as a student athlete. Well, at the professional ranks, many times you do some of the same things. When there's a free agent, I understand that Brett Favre was trying to influence LT to come to the Minnesota Vikings. He wasn't successful, but they certainly, you know, asked him to speak with him and share with him what his experiences was like there with the Minnesota Vikings. So now as, as a former player, I get a chance to look back. And as I said uh, the other day on Dave's show, uh, I was a, a wild-eyed rookie in 1981, and, and we had a strike in 1982, but I went to the Players' Convention. Now when I was there, you know, there were a few things that I was able to absorb and understand what they meant, but had I not have gone... You know, perhaps maybe I, you know, I wouldn't, there was a lot that I wouldn't know. Uh, today, there are probably many rookies that didn't go and participate in the players' convention that just took place in Maui. Uh, but I, I can tell you this, they missed out on a lot. But you also have to think about for a rookie who last year was his first football season, if he participated in, in all the off-season activities uh, that are there for, for young men trying to make it into the league, by the time it was uh, halfway through the NFL season, that person mentally was probably drained and exhausted and tired physically as well. And that person probably couldn't wait till the season was over with. And so when it was over with, and, and he's now enjoying this offseason, probably one of the last things he wanted to do is to go to a convention that perhaps maybe he didn't really think how it was going to affect him anyway because, again, he really doesn't know. And so that's why it's important to have some type of uh, a continuation, um, um, some type of method of sharing that information for those who missed it. And, and I hope to share uh, the information as, with people, getting it from people like Dave Dorson and other people who attended, Greg Brown attended, other former players and current players that attended, and, and share, as Dave said, the truth with the players so they will be informed so that they can make an informed decision so that when they are 50 years old like I am, they can look back and say, you know that, that decision that I made when I was 22, the vote that I casted to make sure that things A, B, or C, or D were in place, I'm glad I voted 
that way. And so that's all I want to say to them. I went there. I got information. Uh, the information was beneficial to me. I participated in two strikes, and, and I feel good. When I look at former players that are older than myself, you know, I feel good. The pre-59ers didn't have any benefits, not that they got the best benefits, but they had no benefits before uh, we went on strike uh, and, and fought for those things. And, um, and there, were, there were quite a few other things that we gained. Uh, we didn't lose uh, a lot as, as people would like to think that, oh, boy, you guys lost a strike in 82 and you lost a strike in 87. No. Uh, many times what you do is you, you reap the benefits of, of what you sold years ago. And so, uh, and so, therefore, we're reaping benefits now, and it's the players that are currently playing the ones that are getting the maximum benefits. But we're the ones that planted those seeds, and they'll do the same thing. They'll look back, you know, 20, 30 years from now, and there'll be guys that'll be currently playing the game, and they'll pat themselves on the back because they'll be able to say, you know, we helped those young men uh, with the benefits that they're receiving at this time. Right, and, you know, what you're saying kind of reminds me of something that's, you know, even if you listen to uh, musicians that have been successful over the years, and you, one of the first things they always say when someone says, well, what about the music industry? They always say, know the business. Know exactly what you're doing, what you're signing, all this. Because a lot of people, they're just going to trust somebody else to handle it. And it's like you're saying, but maybe you don't quite understand it, but go get involved. Learn what's going on, because it is important. And that way, you can make an informed decision, and, and no, one, no one's taking you for anything, or you know, nothing's going on behind your back. And, and it's just so important, even if it doesn't seem like it right now, you've you got to know the business. You've got to get involved. And, uh, and like, you know, and like Dave said the other night, which, which, which sounds good, that the players these days are more educated than they ever have been. And yeah, that's, that's, that's you're right. That's obviously a great thing. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, you're right. You're right. You know, and, and then we have to... Um... We have to acknowledge that. We have to acknowledge that there's more information out there. You know, there's more ways to access uh, that information. And, uh, you know, the, the, the young men that come out today, yeah, there's a better educated young person. Uh, and it has a lot to do with, uh, you know, legacies uh, because now they're a second, third generation of uh, college-educated people. And even in a household, uh, there are multiples of educated people there in the household to, uh, to help them understand uh, perhaps maybe information of which they didn't understand previously. Maybe the person didn't have enough education that themselves, uh, that they themselves were even knowledgeable of, some of the things that these uh, young people were dealing with. So uh, you've got second and third generation of educated people, uh, and these the offsprings are now in a position where uh, they're being offered contracts, and perhaps maybe uh, they have, if they don't understand the contract themselves, uh, they at least have the wherewithal to let's reach out to uh, an attorney. Uh, let's, we now have access to an attorney, where perhaps maybe they didn't before. Maybe they thought, again, they could just review it themselves and they would understand it. Uh, they're more informed not to just sign something without having somebody review it and having somebody read it. Uh, because otherwise, once you sign it, your signature's there, you know, it's a done deal. Yeah, and that's one of the things we'll get into also, um, some of these contracts. And just the types of things, that the whole reason for this unification, and because there's a huge pending labor battle and there's got to be a lot as players there's got to be a laundry list of things you guys are fighting for um you know one of the things that just it's too funny because we were talking about this before and then I, and I, I was watching on nfl network i was watching one of your old games the 87 afc championship and this came up uh from on dave durison's show you know 
actors, if that was if that was a rerun of, of Seinfeld, if that was a rerun of Friends, those guys are still collecting a check. I, I don't think you guys get a dime when they rerun that game. But you're still performing. You're still you're still entertaining. You're doing the same thing. Uh, I mean, is that something that's really toward the forefront as far as your likeness? Is that something that, that's going to be at the head of these talks? Well, yeah, it is, Micah, and it's it's one of those of which, uh, as a matter of fact, it's it's in a court, one of the courts, and, and it may be Minnesota, and that's why I'll be glad when, when of course, our guest joins us. Uh, he may be able to bring us up to date on those things if he has any knowledge of it, but I know there is a court of which uh, a lawsuit has been bought against the NFL uh, by retired players for use of their likeness, in, in particular uh, the use in, in a repurposed uh, type of content. So, in other words, uh, a different platform on the internet uh, in these video games, things of that nature. So, yeah, that is of interest to you know players uh, who played the game years ago, and and now uh, their images have been you know somewhat distorted at times. But then there's other times when they didn't distort it; they just repurposed it and made it available on a new platform and to generate new revenues of which those players aren't. Um, going to be compensated. So um, uh, that that will make for interesting conversation in the future. Absolutely. We're going to talk about that. we got to take a break right now. Uh, but when we come back, the great Alan Page. We'll be right back on GCOB in the House on VoiceAmericaSports.com. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Join Patricia Raskin, the host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday at 11 Pacific. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call to Positive Living, Mondays at 11 Pacific time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Do you want to know what's really going on these days? Well, Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in Washington, on Wall Street, and in our nation's legal system impacts your business every day. We're taking you on a behind-the-scenes tour of all of it. Each week, we bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers, lawyers, and business leaders. I'm Kevin O'Neill, and I'm your host as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join me for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Network each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific time. It's all about action. Scores. Taking a look at the NBA tonight. Highlights. He's broken loose. He's at the 30. And headlines. Big trade in the NFL this afternoon. When you are looking to talk sports, look no further than the Voice America Sports Network. We bring you some of the biggest names and all the sports news you can handle, whether it's basketball, off the glass, football, golf, racing, or the Olympics. We've got you covered. We'll even cover tailgating. To the Voice America Sports Network. It's all things sports. Join Patricia Raskin, the host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday at 11 Pacific. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call to Positive Living, Mondays at 11 Pacific time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. 
internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G. Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G. Cobb in the house. All right, everybody. We are back here on G. Cobb in the house on voiceamericasports.com. I'm Michael Warren, joined by Ray Ellis, and a guest that I'm very, very, very honored to introduce, um, one of the greats of all time, NFL Hall of Famer, Alan Page. Uh, Alan, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Uh, we're great. We're, just, we're so excited to have you on. Well, uh, thank you. And we were talking a little bit before um, about now that some of the former players have a seat at the table with the NFLPA going on out um, the meetings out in Hawaii. What's your take on that? Some former players have said, yeah, well, they don't get a vote, so it's not as good. Uh, what's your take as a former player? Is it, is it still just important for them to be out there and maybe have an influence? Well, I'll be honest with you. Um, I haven't followed all of that closely. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not something I've spent a lot of time focused on. Clearly, former players have an interest in uh, what the NFLPA does and have an interest in the future of the game. Um, and beyond that, I haven't given it a whole lot of thought. Okay. Now, just in general, how often, as a former player, because not everybody uh, still is a fan of the NFL and follows it. Do you still consider yourself a fan of the league? Do you sit down and watch every Sunday? I've never been much of a, a football fan, so I don't spend a lot of time especially now that I've got other things going on, um, watching the games. I happen to serve on the um, uh, NFL Charities Board. And mm-hmm. so, I'm, you know, it's not that I'm not interested in football or don't have, um, uh, don't know some people still involved in it, but it's, I've never, I wasn't much of a fan even when I was playing. So... <laughs> So I can't say that I've spent a lot of time watching. Hey, Alan, this is Ray Ellis, and I wanted to take this time. I am the Sports Channel Director here at Voice America Sports, and I first want to thank you for joining us. But I also wanted to take the time to say to you thank you. And I want to say thank you because as a kid I grew up in Canton, Ohio, and I never got a chance to meet you, but many times I watched you on television, and, and it gave me a tremendous amount of pride to know that there was someone from uh, the same city and the same streets of which I walked upon uh, every day who had uh, worked very hard and gone on to Notre Dame University and got his education and, and was very successful uh, in pro football, and it was something that I aspired to do. And, and you raised that bar very high. Uh, but it gave me uh, something to shoot for. And I just think there's many times in life where people never get a chance to thank those who influenced their lives from a distance and maybe have, would have never known uh, that they had that kind of influence. But uh, you were a great example for me then. You're a great example now. And, and I wanted to say uh, thank you publicly 
um, for just being the man and, and being the football player that you were uh, when you played for the Minnesota Vikings. Well, thank you. That's very kind. I appreciate that. Well, there, there was a couple questions that I did want to uh, ask, Alan, sure. because um, I, I also many times in speaking will tell people that uh, you know football is something we did. It's not necessarily who we are, Absolutely. but there, there are more people who um, perhaps maybe are more consumed with it today than, than others, and, and I understand your career as, as a judge, and I also want to uh, commend you on that. I had a good dear friend of mine, um, his son and I are very good friends, but I became a good friend with uh, Chief Justice uh, Robert N.C. Nix. I think he was the first African-American and uh, that became a, a state Supreme Court justice in the state of Pennsylvania who passed away uh, several years ago. Um, but again, I understanding that, that sports is not all of your life and you're so busy, but I would be curious as to know, um, has the NFL Players Association, uh, knowing that it would perhaps maybe um, certainly could benefit from someone uh, who is as well as accomplished as you are, particularly in the field of law as they enter into these type of negotiations, um, has, have, have they ever considered calling you to perhaps to see if you would be interested, or are you even allowed to participate in that capacity um, as a sounding board or perhaps maybe as a consultant for the Players Association if you were called upon? If I was called upon, I probably would be very hesitant to uh, be involved, even if I could be, and I, I suspect that I'd probably, given our judicial conduct code and our rules of ethics, I'd probably couldn't even if I wanted to. Mm -hmm. But that being said, even if I was able to, I, I think um, given that, you know, the, the nature of collective bargaining, for me to act as a consultant or something like that to uh, some ongoing uh, negotiations would, would probably be improper. So anything involved in the NFL, for, for instance, one of the things I was thinking of it with you as a judge in Minnesota is the Star Caps case. Are you familiar with that at all? I, I, I didn't quite hear you. Okay. In, in Minnesota, obviously, there's, a, there's an issue with the Star Caps. A uh, couple Vikings players took it, and it didn't have the banned substance on the bottle. Oh, yes, and yes, And so now yes. it's a huge legal battle between, you know, is the NFL uh, 32 businesses with one umbrella? Is it, does it act as a single employer? And... There's some battles within Minnesota state law, correct? Is, is that anything that gets anywhere near you? Well, it's the, as I understand it, that litigation is in Minnesota state's court, state court, so it's something that potentially could uh, come before our court on appeal. Okay, and so if, 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 if it got if, that far. If it got that far, and it's also something that I would obviously have to recuse myself from. Right, okay. Now, that, uh, now, the reason for that, Alan, it, would, it, would it be because, would that be perceived as somewhat of a conflict of, of interest because of your participation as a former player, or would that just be something that, based upon your personal um, position, you just would not want to be involved? Well, uh, the, the perception, you know, as, as judges, the only thing we have is the, the only power we have is the trust and confidence of the people that we serve. And I would expect that uh, the people of Minnesota or any place else would think that uh, I might have an interest or a bias in the outcome, and so it just it it wouldn't be good. Mm -hmm. 
Well, you know, that, that's interesting because I, I'm not sure if it is the law, but uh, I know a few people that are doctors, and, and, and I, I'm not sure if a physician, a surgeon, is uh, allowed to operate on, um, let's say, a, an immediate family member. Do you, do, Alan, can you, is that true or not? Do you I, know if that's I, true I or not? Have, I have no idea. Okay, but I'm, I'm just assuming that, you know, perhaps maybe it's some, even though we would think that the law is blind and, and those who participate in it, I'm assuming that the majority of people would think that it would be hard for you to, again, to separate what you did for so many years. That's, um, pre- that's precisely why I, I would recuse myself. I see, I see. Even, even if, you know, I mean, I could be as fair as the day is long, but if the perception is that I have a bias, um, then the reality is that uh, that people will not have trust and confidence in any decision that I might be a part of. I see, I see. So let me ask you, Alan, growing up uh, in Canton, Ohio, was... uh, was the profession of a legal profession was that something that you had had always had the desire to one day become a judge? I had no idea that I might become a judge when I was uh, young, and people would ask me what I wanted to do when I grew up. I would say I wanted to be a lawyer. Okay. Of course, I had no idea what lawyers did or how they be, how you became a lawyer, but um, that's what I would say. And as as I grew up and developed as a person and got a sense of what the world was about, it became clear to me that the law was about serving people and helping people, and that's something that I've always uh, been interested in, something that involves uh, solving people's problems. And um, I've always had that interest. So as it turns out, what I was saying as a child really does fit me uh, as an adult. Now, I know you went on to to Notre Dame University. Um, I would imagine um, when you attended Notre Dame, you probably walked on the campus and there were probably very few African Americans there. Was that a tough adjustment for you to to attend Notre Dame University and uh, the lack of diversity at that time? Well, I mean, the reality was that I went to a high school that uh, didn't have very many students of color either. And so... Being at Notre Dame wasn't that much different than my high school experience. Of course, in high school, I came from a, a community that was full of, of people of color. Uh, and so there was, you know, sort of that part of it. But it was, it was I don't know, I don't know that it was um, easy or hard. It just was. Yeah. Well, I can tell you this. You have an alumni that told me that I had to send out uh, good wishes to you, and that is uh, Dave Dorson. Oh, well, when you talk to him, say hello. I certainly will. Uh, Dave, too, hosts a show here on the, on our network, Voice America Sports. Uh, he has a show uh, entitled uh, Double Time with Double D, mm-hmm. and, uh, and Dave was uh, with us the other day. We did a special show from Maui. Dave, of course, is affiliated with the Players Association um, on one of those committees, and uh, he was there taking care of some of that business, and um, we told him that you were going to be a guest of the show, and, of course, he wanted to... uh, to send out his uh, his well wishes. So uh, I'm sorry, Mike. I shouldn't take over the show. I'll let you get back to questions. Oh, right. <laughs> I actually wanted to talk to you about your your uh, Page Education Foundation. Um, yeah. 
and I just want to make sure I have this correct. So you guys give to uh, minority college students, but in turn they have to provide community service. Right, exactly. We, and now can you just tell us a little bit about that and how, how you came about that? Oh, about well, 22 years ago uh, when I was when I found out that I was going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame, we, my wife and I and some friends sat down and thought about how we could make this more meaningful and productive. Right. And we came up with the idea of, of establishing the Page Education Foundation, which has as its goal the encouragement and assistance and motivation of young men and women of color in the pursuit of their education beyond high school. For far, for far too long in communities of color, there have been, there's been too much emphasis on uh, athletics and not enough emphasis on academics. And so we thought we would try to do something to change that. Um, we give out annual grants ranging in amounts from 1000 to $2,500 right. to students here in Minnesota going to Minnesota schools. This year, this past year, we had uh, 550, we call them paid scholars, who spend two hours a week during the school year working with young children, uh-huh. kindergarten through eighth grade, in the communities where they come from or the communities where they go to school, sending the strong, clear message that education is important and that right. we can change the future for those who are disadvantaged, particularly those who are disadvantaged as a result of, uh, of their race, uh, education is a tool that can allow them to succeed and achieve whatever their hopes and dreams may be. And so we've been at it now for, they say, 22 years, and um, we've had uh, a lot of success with a lot of young people. Well, that's great. And can we, shut, can we get the music off for a sec? Just, we'll go to a commercial in a minute. I just want to finish talking to Alan. Um, can you tell us where people can go to get involved? Uh, the website address is page, P-A-G-E dash E-D dot O-R-G. Page dash E-D dash O-R-G. Dot O-R-G. Dot O-R-G, dot O-R-G, okay. And if, and if you have trouble with that, just Google Alan Page and it'll come up. That's awesome. That's awesome. Alan, we thank you so much for coming on with us tonight. Um, uh, we wish you the best with your, with your foundation. And, again, thanks a ton, and, and hopefully we'll have you on again. Thank you. Good to talk to you. Thanks, Alan. Thanks. Take care. Thanks, Alan. Oh, bye-bye. All right, got to go to a commercial. That was Hall of Famer Alan Page. And we'll come back with more of Micah Warren and Ray Ellis on GCOB in the House on VoiceAmericaSports.com. Is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. 
Hey, football fans, are you ready for an intelligent discussion about the Buffalo Bills and the National Football League? Are you tired of listening to talk show hosts that have never played football? Instead of answering your questions, they prefer to listen to themselves. And when they don't like what you're saying, they just cut you off. Well, that won't happen on the Jeff Nixon Sports Report. Keep it clean, stay relatively calm and rational, and the discussion will flow well. Join Jeff Nixon Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. It's all about action. Scores. Taking a look at the NBA tonight. Highlights. He's broken loose. He's at the 30. And headlines. Big trade in the NFL this afternoon. When you are looking to talk sports, look no further than the Voice America Sports Network. We bring you some of the biggest names and all the sports news you can handle. Whether it's basketball. Off the glass. Football. Come on. Golf. Racing. Or the Olympics. We've got you covered. We'll even cover tailgating. Tune in to the Voice America Sports Network. It's all things sports. What it comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darling, sugar, and sweetheart. But I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style, every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, right here on the Voice America Women's Radio Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll free 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or send an email to Gary Cobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. Welcome back to G Cobb in the house. I'm Michael Warren. And I'm with my buddy Ray Ellis tonight. And we just, uh, we just spoke to Alan Page, Hall of Famer for a while, Supreme Court Justice. Uh, very interesting guy. has a great foundation. We thank him for coming on. And, uh, Ray, we were talking a little bit before um, about, obviously, the pending labor problems. And with a potential lockout in 2011, I believe, they got the uncapped year this year. No one really knows what happened. And I know Dave uh, Durison was down there. And I-, I wanted to get your take, Ray, on... What's the overall sentiment that you get from either current players or former players? Do they feel like there definitely is going to be a lockout, or is it kind of a hope for the best, prepare for the worst situation? Or do they really see this not getting resolved in time? Well, you know, I'll just say this, Mike. You know, one thing about uh, having the the great Alan Page on the line is it gave us an opportunity for for those who listen to his shows to see that there's a different degree of interest from people across the board. So when when we talk, and this is, I made this comment the other day, too. When you you talk about NFL owners, you have 32 people who are at a place in their life where they're all on the same page. They all have the same interests. What makes these things that we're trying to accomplish so uniquely different is you have current players that are involved this is what they do for a living and then you have retired players that are removed from the game but still have an impact upon on this game and and some of us who are aware of 
the impact that we have and have an interest in seeing that uh, there is some benefit from that impact. So uh, you have different degrees of of how how passionate people are about it, and then there's different levels of information that people have received, uh, but people just go upon their experience. And, and my experience says to me uh, that if indeed there is uh, some ongoing negotiations and, and they reach a point of where there's not a compromise from both sides because nobody's going to get 100% of what they're looking for. If there's not a compromise from both sides, I would typically say they would be a work stoppage. But you got to look at where we are today in terms of uh, what's at stake and, and, and where the origins of that, that is at stake comes from. And it comes from some people who, you know, have fallen on hard times for the past, you know, 18, 24 months. And it's just not a good thing for billionaires and millionaires to be fighting over revenues that are coming out of the pockets of people that are struggling to pay mortgages, tuition, um, um, rent, bills, period. So I think that we have people who are in a position on both sides that are educated enough to look at that as well and I think in the last, in the 24th hour, I think we'll end up with a collective bargaining agreement of which not everybody will be satisfied with, but they will have a deal and an agreement that will be done. And maybe it's just something short-term and say, look, we're going to do this for one year and then and we'll get back to it. But, you but even that, even, that oh, even, I'm sorry? even if that is the case, that still would be some type of an agreement. You know what I mean? Right. So it's not, it, you know, if it's if it's extension of that which existed and tweak it a little bit or if it's, you know, a new five-year deal or seven-year deal or whatever, but there will not be a work stoppage. So something will have to be agreed upon in order to uh, prevent a work stoppage. Yeah, because nobody wins. I mean, a work stoppage doesn't benefit anyone, and that's it's just an awful thing. But you mentioned something um, interesting in, in terms of, you know, you got millionaires and billionaires fighting when there's people that, you know, we had more blackouts this year than uh, local blackouts that I can remember. Of just people couldn't they couldn't sell out the stadiums. I mean, it's a combination of you know some of those teams weren't so good, and a combination of people can't just afford to go. And so there's you have a couple battles going on here. We have the players versus the uh, the players versus the owners, obviously, but there's also players versus the public, owners versus the public. And this is something I was curious about. Um, if at these meetings, if anyone is talking to the players about messaging, or just some kind of a PR plan. Because you, it's like you said, you can't make it look like, oh well, oh we didn't, we, you know, I only got ten million dollars instead of eleven, and even though you could be well within your rights and exactly correct that you really deserve the eleven instead of ten, the average Joe can't relate to that. So you have to be careful how you relate it to the public. Do you know of anything that's being done? Maybe help the, the players, maybe craft a message to to curry favor with, with the, the public, the fans. Well, I, I think the best thing that the players can do, and they, they've been doing and I think they continue to do, is to realize that, um, that you at one time were a fan of the game, and you will at one time, hopefully, you'll return back to that status of being a fan of the game. That same statement is not held true, or will it ever be held true for fans as it relates to ownership, Fans 
are not and fans will not become owners of teams. So the relationship, there is always a greater relationship with fans and players than there is with owners and players. And what players can do in order to win the PR battle is to stay connected to the fans, whether it's through social networking or whether it's through, you know, public appearances or, you know, visiting schools and things of that nature. Because ultimately, uh, these kids aspire to be, you know, one day they, they want to be the quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals. We need, we need one of them now, as a matter of fact. Yes, but, you do. You know, or they want to be the quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles or, or the Cleveland Browns or the New England Patriots. And that is a possibility. So, man, what what greater feeling than to meet one of those guys that you hope to be one day. Like I said, I, I never got a chance to meet Alan Page, but I, I always wanted to be Alan Page. I never wanted to grow up. I, I don't remember thinking about owning a team. Now, I've had, as I got older, I thought about it. It was not a bad idea. Now you got Michael Jordan, who's a generational player from, from my generation. Like, oh, that's a possibility. You know, so as, as you get older, perhaps maybe, you know, some of the things of which you think about doing in life and, and perhaps maybe even, uh, you know, trying to accomplish, add it to your bucket list, hey, those things could possibly happen. But when you're a kid, when you're a fan, uh, you, those two go hand in hand, the kids, the fans, the players, that's the fraternity of, of, of those outside of the owners because there's 32 of those owners, and I'll tell you what, I, I left the game in 1989, and perhaps maybe there may be, I'm going to say, two different owners than when I left the game in 1989. Owners, very few, seldom, if ever, do they sell those teams, with the exception the Eagles have that uh, history of three owners in less than, you know, a decade or two, you know. But other than that, the majority of the time, those uh, teams seem to stay uh, within families, and those families are very well connected. And, and they make sure that uh, things are right for them. Uh, and, and then there's those who are on the outside, and that's the players and the fans, and, and they have a unique relationship with each other. Yeah, and, you know, it's funny you talk about the owners because they make serious, serious coin. Yet I, I almost think uh, in, the, in the PR battle, the players have a tougher job. Um, maybe it's easier for them to connect with the fans because they can go do things, like, like you said, speak at schools and that stuff, and I can relate to the quarterback because I went to the game to watch him. I didn't go to watch the owner. Yet the perception still is these overpaid athletes just to play a game. And if they don't really think of the other side of it. Well, how much, how much money are you making for these guys? So well, it's like this, Mike. It's, it, it's almost like this. You can paint a picture of just thinking about when the NFL, I mean, I would like for somebody to tell me why. Why would it make sense if you own football teams? What would be the need for you to get into the broadcast business? Why would, why would there be a need? If your games are on television, why do you have to own a network to do something that's already being done? Somebody's already providing that service for you. So why would you do that? You know, and that's because there's some additional revenue for them. So the owners are always in a position to to grow their business so that they can make more money. The athletes are also and they're, they're self-employed, and so what they're trying to do also is they're trying to also grow the amount of income of which they bring in uh, to provide for their families. But the athletes again. You know, even though Charles said it years ago that, you know, he's not a role model for your child in terms of anything other than basketball. And so the example that players are trying to show people of which they are very much connected to, 
they're just a generation or two away uh, from being that kid who hopes to be that pro football player is this is possible and I'm going to show you when you do that you know here's the compensation and so you not only want to play those games on Sunday you want to be compensated like that player and you want the mystery of that compensation to be a re- you know let's take that mystery away and make me aware of what the reality is because there was a mystery when I came into the game I didn't know I was going to come into the game where I thought they were millionaires and make $30,000 a year you know, that's not the case today. You make a lot more, but the reality is if you come in and you do things right and you get your education and you manage your money, you can enjoy a very good life as being a professional athlete. And I think part of the public image, too, is that's why athletes need to get into communities is they're not just full brats who make a lot of money and, and don't care about people and, and don't take things into consideration like the NFL has a lot to do with the media and the perception of athletes. Uh, let's show athletes in the community. Let's show athletes giving back. Let's talk about the foundations that people have, like the great Alan Page just talked about, you know, what he's doing. Let's talk about those things, and, and let's change the image of which has been for so many years uh, a very bad image when it comes to athletes being, you know, self-centered and, and greedy and, and, and only concerned about themselves. That's not the proper image um, uh, that really exists when you, when you meet these men that are professional athletes. That's, it's been a, a very bad, bad image that's been created these guys. No, I agree with you. And we'll, uh, we'll finish up the discussion on the other side. We've got to take a break. I'm Michael Warren. I'm with Ray Ellis, and we're hosting G-Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. Is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Are you ready to talk football with the greatest wide receiver player and coach in NFL history? Tune in to Wide Open with Andre Rison. Andre is ready to talk to you and give his thoughts on the sport. There'll be celebrity guests, coaches, players, artists, and more. He'll go beyond the game with a look from the coach's point of view and feature a high school player each week. Tune in to Wide Open with host Andre Rison. Featured Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga race course. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. 
The IS Outdoors Talk Radio Show brings two well-known outdoorsmen to the Voice America Network with hunting and fishing info news, talking about everything from new sporting gear, places to hunt and fish, and getting more from your recreation time. Join hosts Brock Ray and Don Kirk Thursday mornings at 7 a.m. Pacific time for IS Outdoors on the Voice America Sports Channel. With their combined experience of 60 years in the woods, Brock and Don have traveled widely, creating TV shows and writing articles on hunting and fishing. Blessed with down-home humor, they are also well-versed in environmental concerns, firearms ownership, and animal rights issues. IS Outdoors offers brisk interaction with the audience, soliciting opinions and questions on a wide range of outdoors subjects. Tune in every Thursday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific time to the IS Outdoors Talk Radio Show with Brock Ray and Don Kirk, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. All right, everybody, we're back here on GCOB in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. I'm Micah Warren, and I am joined by former Eagle safety Ray Ellis. And uh, now, now Ray is out in Arizona, so I wanted to, you know, get a little – we've been talking a lot of labor and stuff like that, but let's get into a little bit of NFL talk here, and then we'll let you people go on with your weekend. Um, I want to talk about the Arizona Cardinals, because you are out there, Ray. You're very familiar with that team. And it looks to me like what they're about to go through has happened to a lot of teams. You look at – uh, the Seahawks in 2005 go to the NFL. They go to the Super Bowl, and I mean, where are they now? They're they're relying on Charlie Whitehurst and a broken down Matt Hasselbeck. They're lost. They're they're a poor team out there in the NFC. Or the, uh, yeah, the NFC West. So now you look at the Cardinals in the off season they've had, which has really been a pillaging. Uh, Kurt Warner's gone. So now, as if that's not a big enough drop off down the Matt Liner. I I, I, mean, I want to get your take on Liner too because I just don't think he's the guy. They lose Carlos Dansby. They lose Antrell Roll. They trade away Anquan Bolden. Uh, I know the division's pretty weak, but this is, these are tough losses to take. I mean, and there's a lot of them. Do you think the Cardinals are headed for a huge step back this year? Or do you think maybe the division is weak enough that they still could win it? Well, um, it, it would have to be that there's some players of which they are going to be able to have to try to, you know, replace. And, you know, and, and Roe was one of those really impact players that, you know, in fact, he was on one of the shows earlier today. He was on Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. And uh, and I know they got the kid Rhodes, I think it is, that came in to, uh, from the Jets uh, to replace him. But uh, I just think that there were two, two different players, you know, I think uh, – uh, Anton just did so many things in the secondary. He was a corner that was moved to safety, so that means he can cover, he can run, uh, he has uh, you know ball skills, and and something that not 
always do you inherit when you move a guy from corner to safety is a guy who can tackle. Uh, but he's a he's not a big hitter, but he's a good tackler. He's a short tackler and so a tackler, and so uh, that was a a huge loss for them. Um, I just think that they've lost too much to be able to recover. In, in one year, they they've lost much more than they can gain. You know, it, for one, they lost years of experience. Uh, they lost guys that have gone to two years of playoff. They've they've, they've won the conference twice uh, in a row. I don't think they've done that in history. If they had, maybe it was the second time. Uh, years of experience, Super Bowl MVP. Uh, they've just lost. They've they've lost a lot. And uh, although they're um, they're. I guess you have to say they're in, some people say they reload, but they've got to be uh, in the position where they say, we're, we're just going to try to rebuild this team that, that they didn't think the team they had last year. Uh, they, you know, they went to the NFC championship game. Uh, they just didn't think um, that they could make it to the next level. I'm sorry, they went to the NFC playoffs, but they right. just didn't think that they could make it with that team. So they decided they were just going to dismantle that team and they were going to try to start over. But I, I just think they lost way too much in one year. Yeah, and I, and I wonder, too, how much, uh, because I, I don't think anybody thinks the Bidwells like to spend. And this is one of the things, too, that goes back to what we were talking about, about players being educated and what's happening. And a few years ago, when there was first talk of, ooh, 2010 might be an uncapped year, you saw a lot of players going, all right, bring it on, thinking it's just going to be a spend fest. But as you know, with no cap comes no floor. There's no minimum. People like the Bidwell don't have to spend anything now. So I wonder to what degree, it's, if they don't have to spend, why do it? Now is when you can get rid of guys and not have to take cap hits. Well, and, and you're exactly right. And, and I've always uh, felt that there was, okay, if there is a minimum and there is a maximum, you know, I always felt that, you know, you should look at uh, the team's uh, that spent as close to the maximum as possible, and you'll probably find the teams that that really want to win games, and and those teams that don't spend that because if they don't spend that money, it goes right back into the coffers of of the owners. I'm assuming it certainly doesn't come to the players. You spend the minimum. Some people always hover around that minimum, and that's it. You know, and that's probably the way the team. If you look at the teams, that's probably what happens in terms of the production of their team is probably somewhere around the bottom or in the middle, but not real Super Bowl. You know, contender. But uh, you got to look at the big roles and, and, and just say, okay, listen, uh, they got a chance to go to the dance. They saw what it was like, and it's like, okay, we almost won, but we didn't. But is there really that much in winning and losing? You know, some people may just be satisfied with, oh, well, I tried. We weren't successful, and so therefore I'm um, not going to worry about it. But one thing about it, this is this is a, t- a team in the National Football League that they continue to appreciate and value. So uh, these are, are men that, that, that own and control the team that has great value to it, and for them it's really no real incentive for them to, for, to win. That product they have is going to continue to grow. If it doesn't grow here like they've done before, I think they start off in Chicago. Uh, I think they somehow ended up, uh, you know, in, in St. Louis, you know, and, and then they end up here in Arizona. Uh, God only knows where they might end up again in, in case that uh, they don't feel that the product is growing here. So winning for them, I, I, I'm just not sure if it's, uh, if it's ultimately what they, what they want to do. If it's yeah, the I know. Goal. And that's a tough thing for the fans to swallow. But, look, this is a business. This is the way it goes. And, uh, look, we're out of time this week. Ray, I want to thank you so much for co-hosting with me this week. I want to thank our guest, Alan Page, for coming on. We had a lot of fun with him. Hopefully we'll have him on again soon. 
We'll be back next week. I'm Micah Warren. I'm with Ray Ellis, and this is G Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. Have a great week. Time to break the huddle. We'll be back again next Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern for another edition of G Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and Micah Warren. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you again soon. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.